As Michigan's most powerful and influential voice for business, the Michigan Chamber of Commerce stands ready to serve you. Go to mychamber.com, that's M-I-C-H-A-M-B-E-R.com to learn more now. What do you think Michigan's biggest problem is? Democrats. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Who said that? <laughs> yeah. Out of the November elections, I hope Whitmore win again and she keep making the positive changes that she's making for everyone in Michigan, not just the city of Detroit or the suburbs. Honestly, I would probably support anybody else than Gretchen at this point. Any one of the candidates, which on the Republican side, which to me are woefully unqualified fringe lunatics, in my opinion, I hope do not stand a chance in the general. So, the primary election was Tuesday. And as you can tell, those who came out to the polls and spoke to Detroit Free Press reporters were passionate. And they have reason to be. The November election will be here before you know it. And Tuesday gave a glimpse into what the future of government is going to look like. For example, we now know that the governor's seat will come down to incumbent Gretchen Whitmer and newcomer Republican candidate Tudor Dixon. Dixon is a businesswoman and former conservative TV commentator, and she got former President Trump's stamp of approval ahead of Tuesday's vote. Analysts agree his blessing was significant in the primary race, but is it good for her campaign heading into the general election? On this episode, we speak to Detroit Free Press politics reporter Paul Egan about Dixon, Whitmer, and the GOP's challenges ahead. You know, there's going to be enough arguing on that side that maybe Whitmer can kind of rise to the top there. If they're all the right one on the right side. <laughs> I'm Carrie Jr. the second, and this is season two of On the Line. So I'm here with Paul Egan out of the Free Press Lansing Bureau. Uh, thanks, Paul, for taking the time. So we just got through the primary and the key thing on everyone's mind is what it all means for November. So first off, uh, we finally have a Republican candidate for governor uh, who will run against incumbent Gretchen Whitmer. How did Tudor Dixon distinguish herself in a crowded race? Well, the big thing, of course, was Friday night. Um, President Donald Trump, who holds major sway with Republican primary voters, uh, there was some question, was he going to endorse in this race? He certainly left it very late. Many, many people had already voted absentee, but on Friday night, he endorsed Tudor Dixon. Um, most analysts agree that was a very significant bump for her. But having said that, she was already gaining momentum at that point, And most polls were showing her either in the lead or, or tied for the lead. Prior to the Trump endorsement, the biggest thing that made a difference in her campaign was the endorsement of the DeVos family. This is a family that founded Amway. They have billions of dollars. They're also very influential in the state Republican Party. And she had had trouble raising money. So suddenly, large numbers of DeVos family members were able to donate many, many hundreds of thousands, and, and really the total ended up in the millions more to PACs and super PACs that could run ads supporting Dixon. So that was huge. You know, she also had earlier won the support of Right to Life of Michigan, which is a very influential organization in the Republican Party. So, you know, things were certainly going her way before the Trump endorsement. And obviously, Betsy DeVos being the former Secretary of Education under Trump, 
that's another big name in Michigan, very familiar name. So to have that backing must give her some sort of boost for sure. You know, the Betsy DeVos piece actually complicated it a little bit for her because Betsy DeVos, as you mentioned, was education secretary in the Trump cabinet. The day after the January 6, 2021 riot at the U.S. Capitol, uh, Betsy DeVos quit the cabinet. Uh, she had had discussions with other cabinet members about possibly removing Trump from office under the 25th Amendment, you know, for his failure to really uh, do anything to stop this this trashing of the U.S. Capitol. People are going, well, you know, is Trump unhappy with with Betsy DeVos and therefore would be reluctant to endorse Tudor Dixon? Now, as it turned out, uh, that didn't that didn't stop Trump from uh, endorsing Dixon. She got the endorsement. She wins the primary. How does she stack up against Gretchen Whitmer? Well, it's going to be an interesting campaign. Um, certainly, Democrats, given the recent U.S. Supreme Court Dobbs decision that uh, struck down Roe versus Wade, abortion is a huge motivating factor right now for Democratic voters. And Gretchen Whitmer is saying, you know, basically with a Republican legislature, I am sort of the last line of defense for abortion rights. So that's going to be a big part of the Democratic campaign, uh, particularly because Dixon has some very extreme positions on abortion rights. She does not make exceptions for uh, cases of rape and incest, for example. And in, a, in an interview, she actually said that if a 14-year-old girl was raped by her uncle, that any resulting pregnancy from that, that the 14-year-old girl should be expected to uh, carry that pregnancy to term. You know, you're going to be hearing a lot about those kinds of views in this campaign. Now, Republicans, on the other hand, they're going to try to make it not so much a, an election about abortion, but a referendum on on Gretchen Whitmer's overall performance, her handling of the pandemic. They'd like to they'd like to tie her to President Joe Biden, who's currently not that popular, tie her to inflation and and you know unhappiness with the economy. Um, they, you know, they're being encouraged. Some of these candidates really um, like the candidate the for attorney general, the Republican candidate for attorney general, Matt DiPerno, and uh, and the the attorney uh, the candidate for Secretary of State, uh, Caramo, you know, they have really been banging on election fraud. 2020 election was stolen. Um, there was a, there was the day after the election, there was a, there was a unity rally of the Republicans and they, you know, former Governor John Engler spoke at this and said, look, we've got to stop talking about the past. Elections are about the future, you know, uh, they're being told we have to focus on, uh, you know, kitchen table issues, the price of gas, that sort of thing. Um, you know, but Democrats are not going to let these candidates forget, including Tudor Dixon, you know, comments that they've made about the election being stolen, uh, you know, basically um, um, the January 6th uh, riot at the Capitol. Um that sort of thing. Now, I want to circle back to that idea in just a minute about the overall Trump factor here. But briefly, for Tudor Dixon to have a shot at beating Gretchen Whitmer, what types of voters does she need to attract? She needs to obviously attract the, the Republican base, which, um, you know, shouldn't be 
a huge problem. But in order to win a general election, she's also going to have to attract independent voters. The large, fairly significant number of, of voters in Michigan are kind of in the middle. They'll they'll vote with Republicans on some issues and Democrats on others. Also, moderate Republicans who are sort of, you know, turned off by the whole Trump era. Um, you know, this can include like suburban moms. We hear a lot about those types of people. She's got to, she's got to try to win some of them back. And and you know, actually, one of her advantages is is as a as a young, um, you know, uh, successful mother of four girls. She she may appeal to suburban moms that lean Republican more so than. Than, uh, than a male candidate might have, but um, it's 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 a it's a it's a challenge. Uh, Governor Gretchen Whitmer has a huge war chest of money. How do the platforms of Whitmer and Dixon compare? Yeah, so there's some um, there's some significant differences. You know, certainly, you know, abortion is one, but you know, on schools, basically, this is a significant difference. You know. Dixon talks a lot about the need to have more parental control and parental choice. She goes so far as to say public dollars should be used to support private schools so that parents have, you know, a complete choice. This per pupil grant that the state issues to public schools that, you know, kids should be able to take that money with them and use it as tuition at a private school. Well, that, that explains why she got DeVos's endorsement. Exactly, because uh, uh, Betsy DeVos has been a huge proponent of that for many years. Uh, one problem, or at least complication for both DeVos and Dixon is that uh, that would directly violate the state constitution. So, you know, if, if Dixon was elected governor, for example, she couldn't just, you know, make this policy and push it through the legislature. There would actually have to be an amendment of the state constitution, which which the public would uh, vote on before before that could happen. But that's that's a major change. Another uh, policy difference is line five. Uh, governor Whitmer uh, wants to shut down Enbridge line five that goes across the Straits of Mackinac. Um, Enbridge doesn't have a very good environmental record with other pipelines, and there's a you know major concerns that could be an environmental disaster if, if that pipeline ever ruptured or was struck by an anchor and, and broke open. Tudor Dixon supports the company's plan to um, encase the the line in a tunnel and and basically you know is is claiming that um, you know plans to shut down the pipeline are contributing or would contribute to higher fuel prices and higher propane prices in the upper peninsula. Now there's there's a lot of um, disagreement about what sort of effect a shutdown of line five would have and what provisions could be made for other sources of supply of propane to the upper peninsula. But one thing there's no disagreement about is if that pipeline did rupture, it would be it would be a huge uh, environmental disaster for the entire Great Lakes. After the break, how former President Trump's influence created a divide in the GOP, how that influence helps or hurts Dixon in November, and what it means for you.
As Michigan's leading statewide business advocacy organization, the Michigan Chamber of Commerce is on the job every day standing up for job providers in the legislative, political, and legal arenas. We are the unified voice of thousands of members who employ over one million Michiganders. We work with trade associations and local chambers of commerce of every size and kind in all 83 counties of the state. We know business in Michigan. Learn more today about how we can protect, connect, and strengthen your business. Whether that's advocating on your behalf at the Capitol, helping meet your informational training and networking needs, or boosting your bottom line visibility and voice, we're on the job for you. Make my chamber your chamber. Go to mychamber.com, that's M-I-C-H-A-M-B-E-R.com, to learn more now. Welcome back. We're talking with Free Press political reporter Paul Egan, analyzing the GOP gubernatorial nominee Tudor Dixon's platform. Paul was just telling me how her plan for Michigan courted some major names in the Republican Party. You know, speaking of uh, DeVos's influence, how important was Trump's blessing in the primaries? And is it still helpful as Dixon enters the general election and runs against Governor Whitmer? Well, the Trump endorsement was really very important and some might even say essential to winning the primary that Tudor Dixon won. It becomes much less important important and potentially harmful to her in the general election because uh you know trump as much as he is uh, a draw for these um these um primary voters that are you know sort of the the activist base of the republican party he's much less uh attractive to you know moderate republicans and independents that dixon has to attract in the in the general election so you know one of the things that was interesting in her victory speech last night uh she got this endorsement friday night from trump which you know may have put her over the edge to win this win this primary she won last night she got up and spoke for a good 15 minutes at her victory party last night did not mention trump once so it's going to be interesting to see who does she pick for her running mate is it is it somebody that's closely aligned with president trump or is it somebody that um maybe would have more appeal to independents and and other voters um is she going to campaign with President Trump? Is she going to ask him to come to Michigan and uh, and make appearances with her during the general election campaign? So you mentioned Trump's name uh, and his appeal to only a fraction of the Republican Party. It seems like Trump can be a point of contention for the GOP. And it's kind of created what's been described as sort of a civil war between the Trump faction and the GOP traditionalist. How does that play out in the races outside of the governor's race? Was there a clear indicator of whether or not the Trump candidates prevailed over the GOP traditionalist candidates? Okay, so Trump had a a kind of a mixed record in terms of uh, legislative candidates uh, he supported. Out in Western Michigan, um, he supported a a candidate, Gibbs, um, who 
against against Peter Meyer, um, you know, from the famous uh, grocery Meyer family. And for listeners, just to be clear, that's John Gibbs, who was up in the newly drawn third congressional district against Meyer. Meyer had actually voted to impeach Trump. So that was a really important race to Trump, wanted to make sure that Meyer was not returned to Congress. And he got his wish with uh, a candidate that he endorsed uh, beat Meyer in that race. But there were there were others. If you look at, at at the you know state legislative races, there were candidates that Trump endorsed that lost, and candidates that Trump endorsed that won. So you can neither say that um, you know that a Trump endorsement was an assurance of victory last night, or that it was an assurance of defeat. So you went to a GOP unity event this week. I mean, in the name itself, it suggests there's a something that needs to be unified. So. What did that event tell you about the two, the fraction that's going on in the GOP party? You know, the people that really have experience in politics that sort of know how to win an election, they are telling, they are telling these candidates, forget about 2020, stop talking about election fraud, uh, stop saying things that are extreme. So there's a tension there. I mean, um, you know, the candidates, including Matt DiPerno, the attorney general candidate, Christina Caramo, they got up and said, yeah, we're going to talk about uh, we're going to talk about bread and butter issues, kitchen table issues. Well, it will be it will remain to be seen how much that happens in the general election. That certainly appears to be the Republican plan. But again, Democrats are going to remind everybody of their past statements and say, you know, why? Why has there been this sudden about face? Again, the people that, um, you know, are sort of the establishment Republicans that think they know the best way to win, they want these candidates to basically shut up about all that stuff. All right, back to the top job, the governor. Uh, Given the polling for Tudor Dixon, the money behind the different candidates, all those factors, what do experts say are Dixon's chances against Whitmer in November? Does she have a shot? Yeah, it's... um, Here's what I'm hearing from the experts. You know, on paper, this is a terrible time for Governor Whitmer to be running for re-election. It's a midterm election. The party in power in Washington, which is a Democrats, usually does very poorly. President Biden is unpopular. Inflation is high. So there's a lot of there's a lot of things that would make this normally a very bad election for Whitmer, but there's a couple of other things. She is relatively popular in Michigan, much more popular than President Biden, and people have seemed to separate the two. The other thing is the Supreme Court decision on abortion has made a huge difference in terms of voter motivation in Michigan. The other thing is just the fact that these candidates and, you know, they're um, they're all going to pivot and, and sort of put a new face on, 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 on the Republican candidates. But the fact is that really the candidates that were elected at the convention, the Matt DiPerno and Christina Caramo and even Tudor Dixon, these are, these are in some ways candidates with ideas on the fringe in terms of, in terms of the, the state, you know, the alleged theft of the 2020 election and, 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 and that sort of thing. So it's kind of like, these are not the kinds of candidates that, 
the Republican Party hope to recruit to really have a great shot at Gretchen Whitmer. They're, they are not in the mainstream of what we have always known as the Republican Party. There's no question that Governor Whit- Whitmer is potentially vulnerable, but this is not a, a case where you know things are really looking dangerous for Governor Whitmer. Most of the, a lot of the national experts um, believe that um, she's likely to be reelected, but a lot can a lot can change between now and now and November. What impact is the gubernatorial election going to have on voters' day-to-day lives? What can a voter look at and say, okay, this is what I expect to change if I choose Dixon or if I choose Whitmer? Well, there are, there are a number of major differences between the candidates. One, of course, is abortion rights. There would be totally different approaches to schools. Uh, it, it appears that uh, Dixon would support more school choice, but you know, what critics say is that it comes at the expense of public education. Uh, you know, our existing schools get uh, get uh, watered down in terms of funding even more because money is going to all kinds of uh, new ventures that are popping up. And that would especially be the case if uh, if there was a change made so that public money could go to private schools. Um you know, the whole line five issue is another one that, uh, you know, depending on your views about the environment, although, you know, many union members want this um, this tunnel project to go ahead because it would mean a lot of jobs for Michigan. If you live in the UP, you get your, you use propane for heating, that uh, shutting down line five could potentially increase the price that you pay for propane. Uh, so those are a few differences. Both of them you know, say that they would uh, they would fix the roads. That was a major, major issue of Governor Whitmer in 2018. She's done a lot of work on roads and bridges in the last four years. Dixon says she hasn't done enough, that the roads are still a mess. So those are those are a few um, a few issues where um, people might see a, a difference depending on who was elected. Thanks for taking the time to talk with this, Paul, especially on a day and week like this one. I'm sure you're really busy, um, so you've got more to get to. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. This episode was produced by me, Darcy Moran, Adrian Roberts, and Pavithra Rajesh. Jeanette Delgado and Marianne Struman are our executive producers and Peter Batia is our editor. The music for the show is called Fort Trumbull and was produced by DJ Lost Boy. Thanks for listening. And if you like the show, please go ahead and subscribe to it and share it with your friends and family. And don't forget to leave a comment. We read those too. We'll see you next week.